Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome to another exclusive episode of Your Tech Report. I don't know why I called that exclusive, Mitchell. Uh, I am Mark Flallow. You are Mitchell Whitfield. I know why. Why? <laughs> Tell me why we called it exclusive. Because, I, you know, listen, we know that obviously our show airs on SiriusXM every week. Yes, but indeed. a lot of people out there don't have necessarily have SiriusXM, but you really should. But for those who don't, we like to post uh, different segments as podcasts. And some content is exclusively for our podcast listeners. Like this. And that's exactly what this is, which is why you said it the way you did. Because it's it's sort of special for our podcast listeners. People on the radio are not hearing this piece right now. Isn't that kind of cool? Don't you feel special? That is kind of cool. You guys are special. Well, hey, by the way, if you, you are, are special, special, you can subscribe to this. <laughs> you can actually rate our podcast. That would be cool if you get a rating. Yeah, we it love helps us. So uh, thank you for being here. Uh, Follow along with us on all our, all our social medias at your tech report. Y O U R tech report. Nothing fancy there. Uh, Mitchell, a couple of interesting yes, notes um, this week. I kind of wanted to mm-hmm. talk about. I wanted to talk about like flagship smartphones and stuff because sure, um, we tend to begin the smartphone season with Samsung, who just unveiled Correct. their new Galaxy Note 10 and 10s. Is what they're calling it. Um, uh, 10 and 10 plus. Sorry, 10 and 10 Note plus. 10, yeah. That normally kicks off the season, and we'll get into details about that and our thoughts about that. Um, then what happens is we normally find out about a new iPhone. That tends to Correct. kind of show up around the September kind of time frame. We're hearing September 10th as a potential date for a reveal of a new iPhone. Uh, then we end up finding out about the next Samsung flagship, which is the S10 and the S10 Plus, if we're on the S10s. Are we aren't, on the, the S- aren't they Aren't they are? Are S11. they already out? Sorry, S11. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I was going to say. Then, Wait, then, at, at some point, they're going to have to start changing those names, but go Yeah, ahead. and then eventually we'll start trickling in the LGs of the world and the Huawei's of the world. And, what about the Pixels? And the Pixels of the world, because yeah. well, this is what's interesting about this whole smartphone talk, is that yeah. there were a bunch of leaks early on about the new Google Pixel 4. Okay, Mm -hmm. And instead of denying it or not saying anything, Google did something interesting, which is they actually released their picture or rendering of the phone and said, yep, you know what? Yep, that's it. Actually, guess what? Here's a better look at it. And and they showed us all what it looked like, which was which was really cool. I found it like, you know, I kind of love that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Acknowledge what was going on and actually show it to us, which is kind of cool. But, you know, fast forward down the line to the uh, the Samsung Galaxy Note series. This is like their their big bad boy of a smartphone world. Like these phones have everything when it comes to processing power, when it comes to RAM. They pull out all the stops. It's intentionally a bigger phone because it, it has that S Pen, the stylus in there. But Correct. A, a lot of cool things to note this year before we go into the actual huh. specs. Good play on words there. Yeah, Good things to, to note. I heard what you did there. Go ahead. Um, surprise guest Satya Nadella, um, CEO of Microsoft, on stage with... Um, uh, Mr. Co. of Samsung, I found that kind of cool because we know that they collaborate on different things, but you never really know to yes. what level. And there are really neat software features on the Note 10, specifically their integration of their DeX technology, which is their, right. you know, use your phone as a desktop. That really makes yep. sense when it comes to the Microsoft and Windows. You're going to actually be able to just plug your phone into your computer, have a little screen pop up, almost like a picture-in-picture of your phone screen. Right. But you're actually not only just going to be able to use your phone like that, but you can actually drag and drop things between your computer and your phone. So this is taking it, it, the operating it, system to a new level. It, it really is. And the collaboration, of course, with Microsoft makes a lot of sense when you think about it, because Microsoft, no longer being in the hardware game, can now leverage their software assets in ways that are kind of unique and interesting to the end user without worrying about it being competitive on the hardware side, which is really cool. I just wanted to backtrack for one second, Mark, to what you said yeah. like 30 seconds or a minute ago. Um, this this um, 
this Note lineup, as you said, it's their premium device. This is very unique. The, this is this is unique to Samsung in terms of no other company really has a, a flagship device like this on top of a flagship device because the Note was made to be exactly that, something you can use a built-in stylus with. I don't think any other company has two flagship devices in their lineup with two separate launch dates. It's really kind of an interesting thing and incredibly unique to Samsung. And what started, I think, as a bit of a as a bit of a gimmick, wouldn't you say the original note is sort of like, look what we can I think it was almost as a technology demonstration of what Samsung could do. And when people really grabbed onto it and said, Hey, I love this thing. I want a new one of these every year, it became part of their normal, you know, yearly release cycle. Yeah. But can you think of another company that releases I mean Samsung already has the S line and the S plus line, like like Apple has the you know that plus line. But now I think Apple is sort of trying to follow suit by putting out these less expensive versions, making their iPhones their flagship. So I think other companies are starting to follow. But this is really something that has been unique to Samsung for quite a few years now. I, I totally agree. I think it's um you know they really targeted business with one and consumer yes. with the other. I think that's where the definition comes. I think that's where this differentiation comes. Um, Correct. You know, you know, let's quickly kind of gloss over the specs. You've got a 6.3-inch okay. AMOLED display with a full HD resolution. So, well, uh, hold on. Let's, let's stop. Let's back up that. We're talking about the, the, the 10, 10 regular, not the Correct. plus. Correct. Yes, okay. exactly. Not the plus. Um, okay, HDR10 gotcha. plus technology. Um, okay. No QHD display, which is interesting because they manufacture that. Um, mm-hmm. a beautiful set of colors. I mean, that edge-to-edge display really is continuously pushing boundaries. I mean, you, you and, and a really not... squared off look, which looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah, beautiful. And they it's, squared it's, off the phone. And it's yeah. thinner because they actually did get rid of the headphone jack. They finally, this is the death, Sorry, the official death of the <laughs> headphone jack. We know that Apple did it a while ago. Now it's gone because there was always hope that Samsung would, would hang on to it for a while. They did, especially on the Note, but it, it's gone, man. And listen, they didn't even go the Apple route. They didn't even try and ease people in with an adapter. They no. just went straight to a USB-C set of headphones. There's no adapter if you have a 3.5 mil. They're just, it's a hard leap. So yes, absolutely. It's gone, folks. We have to give into it. It, it is gone. Um, it, it's smaller. It's lighter. Mm-hmm. It's thinner than the Note 9. It's 168 grams, which makes it one of the lightest flagship smart- smartphones out on the market today, let alone for the Samsung line. Um, it looks really comfortable in the hand, like really. It really does. I love the way that it looks. We haven't we haven't haven't actually got ours in hand yet. When we do, of course, you guys will be the first to hear about it. But I just wanted to also, you know, tack onto that. The battery is a thirty five hundred milliamp hour battery, which is a pretty respectable size battery for their smaller phone. Remember, Mark, we're talking like we said at the beginning. We're talking about the regular Note ten, not the plus. Their smaller phone is six point three inches with a 3,500 milliamp hour battery. Wow. I mean, this is their small one. Um, and of course, we have a lot of common features between the 10, uh, the Note 10 and the Note 10 Plus. And we have a Snapdragon 855 processor powering them both. The S Pen, uh, Bluetooth LE accelerometer, gyroscope for motion controls, dynamic AMOLED with tone mapping, wide angle camera, a main camera, telephoto camera. They have three on the back, one on the front. Uh, so there, there are common features between the two of them as well. And of course, we'll get into the specs of the Plus as well. Mark will tell you that. But um, are you kind of surprised? And I've been watching some, I don't know if you know our, our listeners watch a lot of YouTube like we do because we have a YouTube channel. We tend to watch other YouTubers as well. And I think Marquez Brownlee is kind of, the, the to me, the gold standard for phone reviews. And I was I was watching his review or his first impressions, Mark, of the 10, of the Note 10 and the Note 10 Plus. And he's like, the sort of the punch hole in the front camera. 
because there's no notch. There's just a punch hole for that single camera in the front of this device in both of them, the plus and the regular sort of unapologetically right there. They weren't trying to disguise it, not trying to sort of meld it into the top row. It's just just sort of there. No mention. And I think when you're talking about a single camera hole like that, and I think if you look at, you know, if you look at their main, uh, you know, wallpaper, it isn't even like, you know, you know how Apple tried to disguise it with these swooping black lines. You couldn't see their, you know, their badge of shame, their their total uh, thing up there. But with with Samsung, they're just embracing it. Little punch hole. No big deal. We don't care. And I I almost think that's the way to do it. Don't try and hide it from people. They're going to know there's a hole right there for a camera. So uh, I just like the fact that they sort of embrace the punch hole and then find the need to just sort of hide it within a screensaver or a wallpaper. I think that's kind of neat. Um, something else that's lacking on the uh, on the smaller model is no micro SD expansion, yeah. and only available in a 256 gig model, which I think is plenty. I don't think you need anything right. more than that in a phone. Uh, if you do want the micro SD module and you want 512 gigs, you can go up to the to the plus version and you can get those things as well. Uh, I'm really curious to see how the battery life is on this because that's a gigantic battery. I mean, I have external battery packs that aren't that big. Uh, so I'm curious to see how that performs. And, you know, aside from the wireless charging, they also have the power sharing mode on board this, which means you can you know, pop another, you know, headphones or another accessory. Or if you want charge someone's a iPhone phone. on your on your phone exactly. <laughs> on your phone which is uh, shaming you can shame your iPhone friends although I think uh, come September the iPhone will catch up with that feature that's something that we're hearing is definitely going to be on the next iPhone so um you know what else kind of I mean I'm really the the look and feel of this is something that I really I want to be able to get a hands on with because I think this is what really sets this one apart like it really that screen I mean, it doesn't look like there's a bezel anywhere. And they, they do that thanks to their, if you've never had your hands on this, by rounding the edges of the display, by curving them around, they're able to still maintain an actual you know bezel to hold everything together. But you don't notice it because the screen is just, it's gone. And it's ironic that you say that. They, they, they got it by using the technique, like you said, of rounding that edge. But when you look at it, the overall phone has a much more square industrial yeah. design than it's ever had before. So the fact that they, it has a square, you know, more like a longer rectangle, but, you know, it has squared off edges in terms of the look of the design of the physical phone. But in order to achieve that edge to edge, perfect corner to corner match, they had to round out. So it's kind of a, you know, it's a little contradictory there, isn't it? Yeah. They had to round to get that squared edge look um, it looks beautiful I'm I'm really interested to see what they did on the software side because Mark when it comes to cameras and it seems like cameras always seem to be the big talking point on cell phones on smartphones every year right and this year of course we have on the back of the 10 and the 10 plus we have three cameras as I mentioned earlier wide angle main and telephoto wide angle is 16 megapixels main and telephoto are both 12 megapixels so we're not seeing a huge jump in megapixels but we are seeing companies like Samsung and Apple stay with a lower megapixel count and then tweak the quality of those pixels. So what I really want to see is I'm interested in seeing the quality, the sharpness of the camera, but more, more than anything, Mark, the software that these companies are using, their camera software, don't you think the camera software is, is taking is, is making more and more of a difference every year? Because again, you've always said it, I've said it, law of diminishing returns kicks in on the hardware side. There's always oh, yeah. so much you can do with glass every year, on a yearly basis at least, um, and it's sort of iterative little, little jumps. But the software can make huge differences when it comes to how a picture looks. You know, we're, we're talking digital now, so software is a big part of the picture. No, listen, uh, I'm, 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 I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm 
I'm waiting to see what this looks like, but everything from the samples of it and just the way that you interact with it and you zoom in very, very seamlessly through the three cameras, you actually kind of switch back and forth is, is quite, quite impressive. And using those cameras and talking about, you know, we like to talk about what makes certain models different, what model years, for you know, the example this year, what makes this year's phones different than last year's. They're doing something interesting in conjunction with their S Pen and augmented reality with a 3D drawing, your ability to draw things in 3D space. For example, you can use augmented reality, Mark, to use the camera on the back of the phone to take a picture or a video of your friend, draw glasses on them in 3D, and then have those animations stay attached to your friend as they're talking oh, on video. So so it, they're, they are using both 3D mapping on the phone and aug- augmented reality in conjunction with each other to have different ways of using your device, which could, I mean, I know it seems like a simple, like, oh, draw doodles on your friend and have them stay on your friend's face, but take that to the next level. Take that to CAD design, to engineering, to drawing, uh, to 3D rendering inside of rooms, 3D rendering of animation, and you can see the applications having these things that you draw maintain their presence in 3D in real time. So there are more applications than obviously just making a cool emoji or an emoji, you know, accessory to your friend. But I, I think that's really kind of interesting. And stepping on Apple's toes with the AR, with the augmented reality thing, which from what we hear, Apple is sort of backed out of making their augmented reality glasses. We hear that that project is maybe done and they might have pulled people away from that team. So it's interesting to see Samsung sort of go in to augmented reality where Apple may be pulling out a little bit. It's kind of intriguing. This phone is available for pre-order right now. You can find it pretty much everywhere. Amazon, uh, Walmart, uh, you name it, you can find it. Uh, Price, I'm seeing $949.99 for the uh, small model. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. see a price for the... I do. That is, t- it is ten ninety nine. It's one hundred and fifty dollars more for the plus, and for that one hundred and fifty dollars more, you are obviously uh, getting a, you know a bigger screen, a bigger device with a bigger battery, because the milliamp hour I think jumps up from what did I say thirty five hundred to forty three hundred, yep. but you are also getting uh, with the, the larger micro SD one. Slot. Hold on, I just had this, uh, the micro SD slot, uh, and you are getting twelve gigs of RAM. That's another thing we didn't plus talk about. You are jumping sword, from. Yeah. Exactly. So you're going from 8 gigs on the regular to 12 gigs of RAM on the Plus, which I got to tell you, it's such a, uh, I don't know if a phone really needs that much RAM. I mean, Apple has been clearly under ramming their phone, under ramming their phone sounds naughty, it does sound but they naughty. have been under ramming their phones for a dec- for a decade now. Right. And they haven't really seemed to suffer. They always get the fastest performance on, on this app and that app. But Samsung is definitely throwing a lot of specs out there. So 12, uh, 12 gigabytes of RAM on the Note 10 plus. That is a buttload of RAM. Buttload of RAM. This is going in the wrong directions. I might have to come there and uh, under-RAM you. Um, available, so again, it's wow. going to be in your hands on the 23rd of the month. So, uh, interesting. We are still talking about the phone, we're, yes? We're talking about the phone, yes, being in your hands cool. on the 23rd yes. of the month. Thank you. Um, yep, 949 gotcha. the, the interesting thing about that price point is there was a recent story that I read that everybody is kind of underwhelmed by the $1,000 plus price points on these smartphones. So, it's interesting to see this entry-level one, entry-level one. I mean, uh, coming yeah. under entry under, level monster under a thousand dollars. So that's I think an intentional thing to make sure. But it does set the stage for an even lower cost Galaxy S eleven S you know eleven plus when they do come out. Yeah. All these numbers and all these letters. I, I it's know. too much. I, I know. It's, uh, it's nuts. Let me, ask you, let me ask you this, Mark. I don't mean to much. Do you think at some point, when will we see the complete reset? When 
the the galaxy it'll just be samsung is releasing introducing the new galaxy s and galaxy s plus the new iphone the new iphone plus and get rid of the numbers and just do a total reset they do you think that's be, possible they're gonna have to do it but they did, no one wants to buy an iphone 14 they, that, they called it the new iphone but they still kept the numbering going even though the numbers make no sense anymore because the iphone 10s max for example is like the 22nd iphone Really, it's the iPhone 22 if you count the number of models and the variations that exist. So we've lost count of phone models. We've lost count of software. I mean, calling iOS yeah. 10, iOS or OS 10, OS 10 point, what, 16 now? So it's been right. 16 years that it's OS 10? Like you know, you know what we should really start Windows, doing? It would be Windows 400. You, you know, you're right. You're right. Maybe in order to make things clearer... For the consumer, because really, at, at the end of the day, any of these companies will tell you, and their marketing departments will be really quick to tell you, that it comes down to consumer identification, a consumer being able to easily identify what they want by name so they can buy it. There's nothing worse than having a customer kind of want your product and not know what the heck it's called or not know what model to ask for. Parents have this problem every year during the holiday season, trying to buy stuff for their kids, not knowing the proper name, not knowing the number, what they're going for, Xbox One S, X, PS3, 4, whatever. So at what point do we start going to the model year, kind of like cars have done? What, what about the 2019 or the iPhone 19, the iPhone 20? At a certain point, maybe identifying by year will be easier for the consumer than identifying or trying to identify by model. And at least by doing it that way, you'll be readily aware of what the older model is because it'll go by the year. That's that's not a bad suggestion. I find that that, that at least makes more sense. Um, that doesn't suck, right? You know, it's not a bad I, idea. I kind of like the idea, and I kind of thought, you know, why not just call it, you know, the new Galaxy Note? You know, it's the new Galaxy Note, and it makes well, no difference. Well, because next year, when you buy the new, new Galaxy Note, or do you want the old, new Galaxy? That's the problem. Well, the problem is that they keep these phones around for too long, right? They should just exactly. wipe off the old version, call it something else, call it the, uh, rename it, call it the Note, I don't know, the Note Lite. <laughs> And then the I don't know. There's not, you know what? There's no the winning here. This so is a rabbit new, hole that we don't want to go note. down. The not so new old note. Oh my god! See what we've done. We've opened up. Yeah, this is Pandora's box, baby. We are. We are. We we cannot close this thing back up. Uh, I just wanted to touch upon you know the impending new iPhone because there's so many rumors yes. out there. You and I have always you know been talking about this and this whole three camera design and this square. I mean, try to describe this. Can you try to, can you describe this to someone who's listening to this? What they say the next yes, iPhone I will. look like. So uh, basically, we're all used to the uh, vertical configuration on the iPhone or recent vertical con- configuration of the iPhone of the camera lens, especially if you have a 10 or a new 10S. Um, so instead of going either vertical or horizontal, which is the usual configuration, usually have three camera lenses lined up horizontally or vertically on the back of the phone, nice and clean. Imagine like a one and a half inch by one and a half inch square, almost like one of those tracking tile trackers that people yes, like, you yeah. know, track their stuff with. If you put like a little one and a half inch by one and a half inch square on the upper, I guess the upper left hand corner on if the back of your it, iPhone. Yeah, yeah. And that's and it's going to be bulging out a tiny bit. So when you try and lie it on it on its desk without a case on it, it's not going to be flush against the phone. It's going to be bulging out with a case. It will make it flush. But you're going to have this square on the back of the phone that has uh, three cameras. Now we don't know if it's going to be one on top, then one out to the side, and another one lined up with the top one, kind of like a zigzag design, or if it's going to be kind of like the corner, you know, bottom, top, and then right. They haven't really finalized it. What we're hearing is it's going to be a zigzag design, upper left corner. 
corner, middle right, lower left corner with a flash somewhere in that configuration. But we've never seen an iPhone this ugly before. That's all I can say. This 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 so awkwardly designed where they have a square on the back of your phone that houses all three cameras in a flash. There's nothing really elegant looking about it. You really have to see it to be upset by it. But from what we're hearing, Mark, this is it. And it's, it better perform beautifully because it's one of those things where, sure, it's ugly, but wait till you see it perform. But if it's, you know, it's ugly and boy, does it suck, there's going to be a problem. So you have to imagine the camera performance is going to be off the charts this year because it's so ugly. There's been a lot of leaks and a lot of renders of what this might look like. And... But they're all the same, similar, right? They're all similar. They're all similar. And you know what? There was one picture, and I wish I could find it. I wish I saved it. Because where they're all the same color, so you can't see it? It's not that it wasn't all the same color. It was just it looked okay. It looked like it cannot be as bad as we think it is. But it was just one image, and I cannot for the life of me find it. So maybe I just fabricated this in my head or maybe Maybe I was you just... made it up to make it easier for yourself. But I have seen renderings where and listen, there are different versions. There are different versions where you'll see that square has all like dark glass on it so you can't see the lenses. So which you is can't great see on a the black three, phone. Which is great on a black phone. Again, if you have the body of the if you have the this square bulge, let's call it the camera bulge now, this square bulge is the same color as the body of the phone. That might look okay. Or if it's all smoked out glass, matching the smoked out glass on the back of the phone, it's okay. But when it's not, when it's different color, you can see the lenses and you can see the bulge. It's just, it's a tragedy. I, I don't know why. And again, yeah. maybe this was Johnny Ives' final final uh-huh. <laughs> flip off to everyone. <laughs> His swan song is like, I'm out, folks. And look, you didn't like my work. No, everyone loves Johnny Ives' work. It's He's brilliant. But uh, this design, I don't know if it was his or somebody from his team i it's very you know what mark the best way to say it it's very on apple this does not look like an elegant solution that apple is known for and you say what you will about apple overpriced maybe you're not an apple fan you're an android guy i get it there's a, there's something out there for everyone it's not for apple's not for everyone but you have to admit when it comes to design industrial design no one over the years consistently has done it better than Apple. But we yeah. can't say that about what we're seeing about this new phone. No. It is fugly. And I and I really expected, because we've had this design on our phone for several years now, um, right. I cannot understand why they didn't take on some of the features of the new iPad with that really slim, beautiful yes. design, why they did not take that and turn that into a phone. Um Hopefully they will, but at that point, maybe the the iPad will be even thinner and lighter. I don't know. I just love the feel of that in my hand, and I don't know why that Me has too. not come across to the phone. Not not only that, and I, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I, I want to leave you with this thought. Okay, so Apple is always known for their S year and their, their, their you know, just sort of... Uh, evolutionary year and the revolutionary year. The S is always the evolutionary little bumped up specs. And then the next year after the S is the one that really gives you a big change in the phone, right? That's what Apple's classically been doing over the years. We agree on that, right? Yeah. So this past year, we had the S. For the first time ever, Mark and I skipped a year of getting a new iPhone because we didn't think it was worth it. Yeah. There wasn't enough there wasn't enough to make us get a new phone. This, the 10s were still great. So we skipped out on the S. So now we're supposed to be getting the Evolu- the revolution, not the evolution, right? And all we're hearing is, oh, wait till the 2020 phone. That's when you're going to see maybe 5G, and that's when you'll see embedded fingerprint scanner in the screen. But this is the year we're supposed to get the real big jump from S to next number. That's when we're supposed to get the new jump. And yet everything we're hearing is saying waiting for 20 and 2020, you know, 21. 
So it's really unusual that after an S year, which is just supposed to be a minor spec jump, we're hearing don't expect too much except the ugly design will give you the real good stuff in another year or two. It's just, I, I don't know what's going on, man. It's just very confusing and very weird. You know what? We're going to find out soon enough. It is, uh, yes, when you're listening to this, it's what, the uh, 8th of August, 9th of August, and uh, we're going to see this in about a month time. It's a month time. A couple new yep. things coming out. Um, I, I just found out that my lease is up on my MacBook, so I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I and I think I'm oh going to wait. Gosh. I think I'm going to wait. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait because there's a rumor that there's a 16-inch MacBook Pro on the horizon mm-hmm. with a really, yeah. really slim bezel, and it's going to have all the specs of the MacBook, you know, Pro 15, if not more. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to actually. I've been, and it's going to be Bob basically the same size as the 15 with a 16-inch screen because they're going edge to edge with it. Right? Exactly. And they may actually. It's going to be only yeah. Change the design, new keyboard, and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to wait to see if something is released. I guess I'm going to wait till probably October at this point to see what happens because it normally comes out in the October time. That's frame. smart. That's smart to do. Yeah. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, again, on uh, your you know Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it is at your tech report. Uh, don't forget to, to give us a nice rating on this uh, little podcast here, and uh, we will speak to you again in uh, the near future. Bye, Mitchell. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.